Leaving aside the curious theology of God's drowning 1,500 souls to rebuke scientific and engineering complacency and other forms of mortal hubris, there remain the facts beneath the myths of popular imagination. There was a huge loss of life by a cause other than a natural disaster such as storms or ocean cyclones, an insurer's act of God. And it was upon a scale that, Two years before the Great War should bring casualties that put Titanic's death toll in the shade, was so vast as to be simply incomprehensible. There was the fact that Titanic was owned, ultimately, by a J.P. Morgan Transatlantic Trust, which was, to the U.S. Senate's progressives, sin enough to bring condign punishment by God and by the Congress. There was the fact that she had been built in Belfast by Belfast Protestants, and the countervailing political fact that the head of Harlan and Wolfe was a liberal, a Senate supporter of Irish home rule. And there was the fact that the drowned immigrants from Ireland and the continent had been fatally segregated in steerage by strict measures, cordoned off to satisfy nativist, often progressive, U.S. immigration restrictions. And finally, there was the question of regulatory incompetence, of the capture of the legislators and the regulators by industry, all bound up with the national pride that the great Atlantic liners represented. Titanic was ultimately owned by an Anglo-American consortium, but she was British-registered, a royal mail ship, and so far as the public imagination was concerned, a British ship and a British symbol, for good and ill alike. Her loss was a reflection upon British shipping, British seamanship, British engineering, and the Board of Trade. The Atlantic liners were all of them symbols, then and after, to the end of the trade. Cunard were subsidized by His Majesty's government to fly the flag. American shipping lines won subsidies. The French government, to the very end, assisted the French line, Le Compagnie Générale Transatlantique, with mail contracts and fleet concessions, a method that continued through the launch of France in 1961. There were Swedish lines, Dutch lines, North German, Lloyd, Hamburg, America. If the industry had captured its regulators, it had first been captured itself by governments. Enterprises that had been undertaken as bold capitalist ventures had long since become vessels of crony capitalism. And if this was so of the shipping companies, it was still more so of the Marconi companies. The story of Titanic is, then, the story as it is the story of all liners, not only of regulatory capture, it and the story of all the liners of the day is not the story only of an engineering consensus, a smug belief that the science was settled. It is also the story of an industry that was, as a whole, beset by and unhappily entoiled in corporatism, being a monopolistic and rent-seeking interlocking directorate of business and government in restraint of trade and against the public interest and public safety. British mercantilism and corporatism and the relationship of the Treasury with the East India Company had lost Britain 13 American colonies, and the Liberal Party had in no small measure been the party of free trade in rebuking response to those old errors. By 1912, it was sunk in corporatism, and the banner of free trade was being taken up by the conservatives. America had been born in revolt against a corporatist status settlement and had within a few years seen the emergence of Henry Clay's American system, 
all tariffs and protectionism, federal subsidies to transport, and central banking. The quarrel, under many names and within all parties as well as between them, between Hamilton and Jefferson, Clay and Jackson, has never ended. In these factors also is a part, at least, of Titanic's story. The story of Titanic's actual sinking in April 1912 is a story of a natural disaster that might have been avoided by human action, and a tale of tragedy and heroism and cowardice and hope. It is a 1912 story in which it was imperative that gentlemen emulate Scott of the Antarctic, whose martyrdom had been achieved only a few months before. But that is not our story. It does not matter to our story whether Titanic might better have struck the iceberg full ahead, or to what extent the ice was loosened into the shipping lanes by the January 1912 coincidence of perihelion.